Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shane Partners Podcast, starring Christopher McDowell. That's me. And Cody Walker. That's him. We're here. We're here. We're going to tell you things. I just would love to spend 10 minutes into your mind just to see, like, what those little rats are running on. Yeah, but, like, rats... (laughs) Like, but, but you, you couldn't fit in there. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think this is? Yeah. 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 How's your week been, buddy? Um, first full week back at work. First, you know, or should I say your month? I don't really know. Like, well, it's how the to... beginning of the new year. Um, how is your 2023? I failed every resolution up. I've set forth for myself. So what about you? I think actually I did kind of set a resolution. I've never set a new year's resolution before. I don't guess I really understand it because I'm constantly making goals. Yeah, it's just goals. <laughs> like I'm just every single I feel like, you know, every three months or whatever, I have a new goal and it's yeah. always just show based. Um the Chronicle <laughs> I of want my the life. goal to be the goal to be a successful a show. Successful show. And, you know, not crumbling as a human or losing your shirt or whatever it is. <laughs> like yeah. people show up and they understand what you mean. Um, but I did kind of set a new year's resolution, but I ain't going to tell you. <laughs> Otherwise it won't come true. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that works. If you tell somebody your new year's, re- that's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> that's voting. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you what I voted or it won't come true. Um, no, uh, you know, I, I can tell you one that I've sort of set forth for myself, especially after our, our conversation that we had before the end of the year. It's that I want to spend this next year not just um, completing things, you know, seeing things to their fruition, but I also want to chase happiness and chase the things that make me happy Yeah, along the way. And some of that is about this next year setting up myself for success moving forward. Yeah. And in like new arenas. Yeah. And which is really exciting. I mean, like new arenas within still the same kind of realm. Yeah. But yeah, I've been thinking a lot about the the like passionate, like the passions that I have and exploring like how I've basically spent my entire life leaning into that mm-hmm. and then kind of realizing that, um, you know, like just because you dedicate your life to something doesn't mean that you don't have to, that you always have to just do that thing. You yeah. Know? And I'm not saying... Like, I do want to clear it up. Like, we're not quitting theater. No, no, no. <laughs> it's just it's just kind of a reevaluation of, um, like, I don't necessarily have to give every single piece of my soul and being to something for it to exist. Yeah. And kind of trying to understand why there's a part of me that stresses out so much about the failure side of theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I, I guess I don't, I mean, it's difficult because you feel like if I mess up any show, then I will immediately lose my audience. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if I, you know, if I do, if I make one bad move or like choose the wrong show or, you know, put something, you know, in the show that's going to offend somebody or, you know, I mean, it's just so many, so many things and you just kind of get lost in that because, it does mean a lot to you, but it's also like, you know, you have to have a return on your investment. And I guess in a way it's like if you, if you fail at a show, then people in a way, like, I I guess because it's, it's you, like you're putting such so much of yourself into it, then it's almost like people see you as a failure. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. I'm just, I'm honestly just kind of trying to decode it on my own. Well, I will say this, like it reminds me. So, so think of someone like Steven Spielberg, who's had, you know, this cache of films for years, really at the start of his career. And he was at the height was close encounters of the third kind following jaws, right? Immediately followed by the critically failed and not very funny 1914 with Jim Belushi. I never watched or John that. Belushi. Sorry. And it's, it's just, you know, Hey, not everything has to work all the time. Yeah, but you know, he's still doing okay. I mean, he's doing fine. Yes, absolutely. But <laughs> if that it, proves your point for sure. It's like you are allowed, and and this is something like we as artists never really give ourselves permission to do a lot of times, and it's permission to fail. Yeah, I know. I tell people to do that constantly in the rehearsal room. Like, this is where we want the failure to happen. Like, but it's we different when you have time, like business and audience things yeah, in mind. It's it's the the complete opposite whenever you're like I want you to fail in the rehearsal room and make all the choices and try everything and let's see what sticks, you know? Um, then whenever it's all of your decisions that people are trying to, <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah. to like put forth and you're like, Oh yeah, no, the bug stops with me, you know? Um, but it is, it is such an amazing gift. I mean, I have been trying to change my thought process a little bit in the, um, I mean, I was kind of sitting in the negative sides of things for quite a bit. So I'm trying to like, see more of the positive side of the coin and celebrate the fact that, you know, we do work in a profession and we do own our own company where we can make all of our own choices. Mm -hmm. and, you know, in the end, it's all we have to answer to is ourselves. And that is very liberating as an artist, you know, to focus on that side of it. But I do think it is a very difficult thing and it's kind of a trap to give over too much power to those like demons in your mind that are like the audience is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And, and instead of, you know, like thinking the way that I always have, which is we put on a show because we love the story and we think it needs to be told and the audience will come along with us. Mm -hmm. And, and instead I think my mind has been misplaced. <laughs> I think my like idea of success has been I want for every seat to be filled so that everyone thinks that we're successful, mm -hmm. it's, which is so not who I am. I think I think, though, you have spent just outside looking in, you've spent the last several years in this area sort of always building, mm -hmm. building this thing, building that thing, building this program, you know, and yeah. I, I think that maybe the sun is setting on your building phase. Yeah, I just don't really want to build things, Nemo. I just want to like enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to sit have in to, it and rest. Yeah, it's just that like when you're constantly trying to start things and like build things up and it's like I would really love to be there for the the time whenever we just get to coast for a little while. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that would be really nice. Um I feel like that we've kind of gotten there with with some of the things that we have done and I think that we're seeing the fruits of our labors and a lot of things. I think I just kind of want to take a step back from the things that I'm having to like literally shove up a hill yeah, <laughs> into existence. You don't have to always wear the cape. You yeah. Can it's take just, it off. I, you don't want to, you don't want to be constantly trying to force something into existence, you know? And I feel like a lot of the times in the arts, especially in a smaller community, you have to fight so hard for its relevance or for the relevance of it to be seen and supported 
because, you know, people, people's focuses are everywhere else. They're in the industry, you know, and, and of the town and, uh, not in the actual like acting industry, yeah. <laughs> but you know, like they're in the actual, like what they do day to day and what, you know, and their kids and stuff. And I do think that there has been throughout like the start of, even Lexi and I's relationship into, you know, what we have now and just the extreme change in priorities for us and what, what is number one. And then also like understanding, like, I love that we've had this experience because now I feel like I understand so much more of the people who are in our audience that are coming to our shows and the things that they have to, to do like the sacrifices for the people who work on the shows for us. And, you know, it's just, it requires so much of your time and especially whenever you don't have a whole lot of time yeah. to give. Um, because I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It is a lot, but it's also, I feel like I've, I've been taking stock a whole lot because somebody who we were pretty close to, um, passed away recently. Yeah. And so, and very young and unexpected and, um, that we did theater with and it's just, it's, that has been kind of weighing on me a lot. Like he's been on my mind a lot and just thinking about the family and, you know, the things that we leave behind and what's most important. And, you know, like I'll never forget going in, um, into the like visitation area and seeing, uh, like a poster that I had made that was so important to him, you know, that he was featured in that they thought it was big enough to actually bring it in, into the space. And, you know, it just seeing that was kind of like a huge realization for me, I think of, Ooh, okay. <laughs> you know, it, it, it feels like there for a little while I was wondering if what we do is actually important or if it is all just self-serving for me. And, and it was kind of nice. I feel like I've been, once I've started having that thought I feel like the universe has just been constantly telling me that that's not true. Reaffirming you in every like yeah. facet of life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of strange. Like when you put stuff out there into the, into the world and then you see what comes back to you. Yeah. We never, we never know the impact that we have on people Yeah, because we don't, we don't get to see it in the same way that is sort of encompassed in our little world, in our little field of vision that we have. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, but it also goes to show you, you know, Everything we do has this meaning, has this purpose, and it can be used for good or it can be used for bad. It can be used to help or it can be used to harm. Mm -hmm. And hopefully that, you know, the thing that we build with, you know, theater that we do is always helpful, is always building, is always positive. And I think some of the the proof in that pudding is a a lot of the people that we work with always want to come back and work with us again. I mean, we don't have to, you know, we talked about that one time begging people to come do the thing that we're passionate about. And Mm -hmm. we don't really have so much of that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, definitely in the beginning of things, you have to convince people that what you're doing is worth their time. Yes. And I feel like we have, we've done that. I feel like people now understand like, Oh, if I go there, it is going to be worth it. Even though that does kind of, in a weird way, put some pressure. But <laughs> so it's like, okay, we do have to deliver. But I mean, that I feel like in any sort of profession is always there. Like you're mm-hmm. always in any time that you're in any sort of leadership role, you're always under pressure to deliver the thing that you say that you can do. Um, which I think is what is interesting is that what we do is so 
like opinion based Mm -hmm. and um maybe it's not like opinion based like what is another word for for like just one person's subjective it's subjective subjective. Yeah, yeah it's very that's what i was looking for um it's very subjective to anyone in the audience you know i mean i can watch a show and absolutely love it and somebody else can watch it and they hate it just like movies just like i would never make those decisions (laughs) exactly (laughs) like with everything and so you know you're never going to please every single person but i think looking at it in a broader spectrum like what we do really does matter like there is a reason um, for us to like keep going and to have this space, even though it is really hard, but to, to like push through for the community, even though, you know, we talk a lot about in, in our particular town where we perform the most, there are a lot of other theater companies, but I do genuinely feel like, you know, after doing a lot of thinking about, is it actually real? Like, do, do we need to exist or is there enough? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, like, should we just step aside and let all these other people just do their thing? But I do f- genuinely feel like <laughs> then you'd be clawing at the wall to do something. Yeah, well, that is true. <laughs> I remember you from 2020. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. But I mean, you know, you just, you don't want to be the thing that's hurting everything else by mm. existing. You know, I don't definitely don't want to like take away from anything, but I feel like what we do is so different. Um, then, you know, I just feel like if, if, you're interested like we we cater to a different kind of crowd to different audience to a different actor Mm -hmm. than other theaters and the shows that we choose and the things that we you know the way that we go about it um so i anyway i just i feel like i'm at peace a little bit more i guess with some of that stuff um yeah okay that's that's uh (laughs) well you know you were telling me about this, this 15 affirming. minutes of straight therapy right there in the very <laughs> beginning. Just like, here's what's been weighing on my soul. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Scene Partner slash BetterHelp. Like, uh, I'm we are start, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to start this off as a, you know, old country <laughs> hillbilly <laughs> and go straight into like, here's what's going on in my existential crisis. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you were recently um, told, you're talking about catering to a different type of audience and things like that, but you were recently told that this thing that you had to go to uh, for your, I guess, day job or whatever, um, you were complimented that they had visited the website and they had seen, like, the way the website was set up and the yeah, photos, they, they were they very intimidated. Which is really cool because I legit do that myself. Like, I felt really good about that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this thing that I really do obsess about, like the social media stuff, which I know is so ridiculous in my mind. I know that I shouldn't be like this picky about the things that we put out there and the way things look. And like, it should just be okay. Like, I mean, information out there, I shouldn't obsess over it and spend this much time. But the way that we but present what we do. I know it's, it's very impactful. It's impactful. Yeah. And so much so that, you know, I was scrolling through a post that we've posted about doing a scene part. I'm sorry, not seat partners. Um, um, Trader tuna again. Mm-hmm. And you had made that post. We should was, just change the name of the play to scene partners. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what it is. Here's our therapy session. <laughs> um, but, uh, someone had, I guess, mistaken us for the professional group that was doing the show, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah, was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I'm like watching this but argument like, happen in, a, in real in a time. Way, in a way that like when you first sent that to me, I I cannot tell you the extreme frustration that I had because it was just kind of like a, it was an it was a cut. It was basically saying that we had 
you know, agreed that we had signed a contract to perform the show with this theater company in Baton Rouge and we never showed up and we broke contract with him multiple <laughs> times and even once just didn't show up on the day. Yeah. And with no notice. And I was like, hey, man, um, I own this company and this did not happen. Like you're mistaken. But we'd love and I still was trying to figure out a way like, OK, this is a business and I can't just be like, you're a freaking idiot. Like <laughs> you're wrong. Stop. What's, what's wrong with you? Fact check. Yeah, that's not happening. So I was like still trying to be nice and said, you know, we are this is one of our favorite shows that we do. Um, that we really love doing it and we would love for you to come and see it in our production in the spring since you missed the other production, mm-hmm. um, that was not ours. And he replied back <laughs> like, um, well, I have the, re-, he said, check the receipts. Yeah. Check the receipts. He's like, I've got, you know, I have proof of it or whatever it is. And like but i won't be showing it like he was trying to be the bigger person like i'm not being petty here i was like dude it's not me we were 16 and 17 (laughs) years old we for sure were not hired to go do this show then i was like man i was graduating high school yeah (laughs) like our company didn't exist until 2018 like slow your roll (laughs) the idea of it started in 2017 like just take a break but he was really intense about it. And then eventually, like, Lexi replied in there and said, I think maybe you are getting this confused with maybe the originators of this performance, of, of this production. Um, we are a completely different theater company. Mm-hmm. And he sent back, oh, yeah, I was confused. I thought it was the originals. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> but, I mean, then, again, that goes to show you how harmful like your words and the things that you put out into the universe can be. Well, yeah. And then secondly, just like it, 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 how meticulous you are on how professional these things look, I think sets what we do apart. I know. Yeah. I'm, I, it, yes. And the good thing is, is that he did think that it looked as professional as he obviously thought that it looked that we (laughs) were doing. Um, but it, it did also kind of highlight to me some, some ways that people are, and in no way negative way of saying this, but like the ignorance of some people about what actually happens in theater in that, you know, just because somebody wrote the show or you saw like a touring production of something, that's not always the same people performing the exact same show. <laughs> like, you know, yes. anyone once they, they not, not anyone can do these shows, but if they sell them to like a royalty company yeah. or if they, you know, have only these two people can ever perform if they have a copy written then you buy it from them like you have to pay for the right to do those shows but anybody can pay for the right to do a performance it's not just the same two Mm -hmm. people i also think that he thinks that it would be possible that us being in our 30s could be the same as these dudes that wrote this play in 1968 (laughs) (laughs) when they were 20 (laughs) which would make them like what 70 something now yeah Anyway, it's just absolutely brilliant. I think they just do stage readings now. (laughs) (laughs) They just play the HBO version of it. They did that one time. But anyway, just it was just absolutely ridiculous. But it does. I mean, you know, people can so easily comment something on a post that you do that you like. You know, spend forever. I spent forever on building the the graphics for this post and like what we were gonna do, and um. And somebody can just get on there and be confused 
and not care and type something out. And it's like, why? Why would you even? But also, you know, what does that gain? Yeah, what is this giving you? Like, you one, I get that that would be very frustrating in two thousand and five for this to have happened to you. But like, you're still mad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fifteen years later, and you still haven't let this thing go. I think that there's some other things that we need to talk about, buddy. And I don't, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's the space. And I feel like there is a podcast that you could be on. And in the first 15 minutes, you can let all of that out. <laughs> <laughs> would you contact him see if he wants on here? Yeah, maybe maybe he would. That would actually be really funny. Like, hey, you were kind of trolling us. You want to come on to the podcast? You want to come up here? That would be an interesting podcast And then podcast we should just cancel concept. on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll meet you in Baton Rouge. Yeah. <laughs> We'll take the show on the road. At the exact spot where these other people canceled on you. Just send him a text right before. Sorry, have to break the contract. I love it. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, Anyway, but it it is just kind of crazy that people can get on there and just kind of crap on what you're doing and then just walk away like it means nothing to them. I mean, people do that to small businesses all the time. Yeah. And it is just kind of amazing how much power you can give a psychopath. Yeah. Yeah on the internet, you know, um, like somebody can be upset because you kick them out of your store because they were, you know, smoking in your store and oh, they like, were rude hey, to me and they that. kicked me out and yeah. they just had an attitude when I first walked in, <laughs> I will never be going back there. And then every single one of their friends is like, oh, okay, yeah, me neither. But it's like, why would you do this to them? <laughs> anyway, just it, things like things like that, just kind of the, the dark side, the dark side of the theater. And of the internet. Okay. Is there a light side to the internet? Is there a light side to the theater? That's a, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> we don't have time for this. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have time. So we've been talking a lot about uh, upcoming shows and things that we want to do. And I've found that one of the issues, and I don't, I don't really know if, I mean, I would assume that what we experience is, has got to be a shared experience of someone somewhere trying to produce theater and have lives and you know like run a business and Mm -hmm. you know exist because in a small community you can't just do the one thing i mean you just can't and i mean we could if we um you know like got rid of any sort of ethical code that we had (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah i'm morally bankrupt but i'm morally bankrupt but you know we're able to just exist and produce theater but, you know, we, we, in order for us to be able to produce the theater we want to produce, like, we're just not, or we're just, we don't have a community to support that for us Yeah, to just do that and only that. Not yet. Um, not yet. Maybe someday. Who knows? Maybe, maybe we will become the epicenter. <laughs> when we're 70. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is kind of watching our HBO specials. Like, right now, there is this play that Audra McDonald's in, um, and I honestly cannot remember the name of it, so I would have to look it up on my phone. But it just opened, like, very recently, and it is closing on the 18th of January. And Audrey McDonald is a huge name, and it is apparently an absolutely brilliant show, but it's closing already because it didn't sell very well. Hmm. And they're like, ah, we're pulling out. We don't, we're not getting the audiences that we need to be able to keep this going. And so I was reading the comments on it, like on the closing statement that they put in there that, that the show was going to close. 
And, you know, so many people were in there talking about like, when is, um, when are the, the producers of Broadway going to understand that people will not be showing up the way that they used to, to these shows until they lower the ticket price, which mm-hmm. is a very real thing because you're spending three to $500 on a ticket. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's over a hundred dollars an hour. Yeah. <laughs> to sit in these shows. And I just, I mean, I understand like obviously they're paying for the talent and they're paying for the building, but you know that they could be selling these tickets for cheaper. Like you know it. Well, for example, like when we go see stuff at the the Sanger and you know, I, I feel like the tickets are very extremely reasonable and yeah, they're, they're like reasonable. What, 60, 70, well, and that's bucks. kind of what the, well, yeah, we, most of the time we normally wait and get those things on yeah, a, like, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. oh, we need to sell some ticket sale. <laughs> but, but either way, even if they were like a hundred bucks. Yeah. It's still way more reasonable. Yeah. And that, that's and kind it's of always what packed were, is what I was getting at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of what they were getting at whenever I was scrolling through these comments of people talking about just uh, the state of theater is that, you know, theater is not just happening in this one place in the most expensive state in the United States in the most expensive theater houses. Mm-hmm. Like there is really awesome regional theater everywhere. And I mean, I know because I've been fortunate enough to perform in regional theaters and watch a lot of it. I mean, I have had for the most part, way better theater experiences seeing stuff in like Indiana, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is crazy. But I mean, I mean, you know, we wouldn't have Tyler Perry without regional theater. It, we would not. We would not. I mean, he started, it was his, his was in Atlanta, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, but exactly. I mean, it's just the, it's very necessary, but I also feel like it doesn't really get the support, you know, like when would, when does the money trend? I guess, I guess maybe my thought process is you get, you have these huge financial backers just to get the show to New York, but like when, where are the shows that have the big financial backers to get the show to these regional theaters where the end goal isn't just, Oh, we got to get it on Broadway. If we get it on Broadway, then we have succeeded. But like, but can't you succeed in other places? I mean, there are other big cities. Can't you succeed getting it into a theater in Chicago or, you know, even like Oregon? That's true, but I, I think, it, it, like, even for the same thing, like, when it comes to music, I mean, the only people that are really making money long-term are those that are the rights holders mm-hmm. to the words that you're saying. Yeah, I guess maybe that's what it is. They just want the title. Uh-huh. Like, we got the show on Broadway, and now we can put it out there, and people want to do it because that's where people's eyes are. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you're not going to watch minor league football. Whatever that is. <laughs> like yeah, MNF, it comes on every Monday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, surely there's a minors for football, right? Yes, there is a minors for football. So, I mean, but I mean, you're going to watch the NFL. For, oh my God. Well, I know there's a minor league <laughs> yeah, for baseball, yeah. but I mean, people go and watch the minor league mm-hmm. and I'm sure that they're really amazing games, but you're not going to hear about it as much or no. if at all. So I just, I'm very interested in this shift because it kind of feels like you know like broadway is the end all be all just kind of like hollywood you know like good films are happening everywhere it's not just well i I think this is a this is a problem that's across the board right i mean 
it's not just with theater period. Like regionally, we have been very fortunate in that our last several shows have basically sold out for most nights. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like the last several times I've gone to the movie theater, people are not showing up to those things. What should have been one of the fastest growing films ever uh, avatar. I mean, it's been kind of a slow burn to get to that, you know, billion dollar mark or whatever it needed to, to recoup all the money. But mm. the the last thing I remember people like going to the movie theaters for were, was the, the Spider-Man movie. Yeah. And people I think are just not doing those things well, anymore. I think with film is a little bit different just because of streaming services. Well, and, and that's true. Like, yeah. You know, it's going to end up in your house anyway and you're not going to have to go anywhere. So well, for like, example, you showed me before we, we hopped on uh, your Broadway HD. Yeah. Um, and it's like, well, I could watch these beautiful, wonderful shows that are happening. And mm-hmm. even the, the national theater on LPB or uh, BBS well, the National Theater has its own National Theater at Home subscription. Oh, okay. So, but, and then LPB has a Broadway, also like Masterpiece Theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but you could still watch these things at home, right? Mm-hmm. So, I'm just kind of curious is like, has the streaming sort of become the death of go and see entertainment? Well, I don't really know if that's true because just like with a concert, I mean, I don't want to stream a concert. I do not want to stream a concert no. and watch that, but I would go to a concert, you know, like I, that would be fun. I would enjoy that, but I would not enjoy it as much because of the atmosphere. And so I think that's where the difference is with, you know, like you have your people who really love the movies, but they like going to the movie mm-hmm. and it's the same thing with theater. I've, I don't really think that people on a whole are like running to get this national theater subscription or the Broadway HD subscription, unless you're like an extreme stupid fan like me of theater that just wants to like, okay, what, <laughs> what was this production? Like, yeah, like what's I the- really want to watch this old production of she loves me and see how they did the set. And that crazy. Also that set for she loves me revival is <laughs> freaking insane. It's so beautiful. It got an applause. I mean, it's amazing. I've never seen a set get an applause. Well, except for production of Noises Off in Louisville. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, that's a little bit different. Anyway, the other thing that's kind of exciting, which I hadn't, uh, I don't know if you saw, but the Goes Wrong people are putting Peter Pan that Goes Wrong on Broadway this year. Really? Yeah, so they're like bringing that onto the stage. Oh, that's interesting. I'm just really excited for them that they are still doing, which is just wild. I would really love to, to know like what is the longest running straight play on Broadway? Because they have been running now for like four years. I feel like they've been running a little longer. It might than actually that. be longer. I'm, I'm trying to think when I, I think, saw it. I think, um, because I saw it shortly 2016 after it opened. was when they did their little bit on, um, the tonight show. I'm mm. fairly certain. I guess that would make sense because I think it was JJ Abrams who discovered them yeah. and then brought them over. Yeah. Saw their, their stuff at the West end. Yeah. So I, cause they would have been filming uh, star Wars over there. Yeah. So I think, I think 2016 well, was when they wild. started. Yeah. I'd just be very curious because normally that doesn't happen, you know, it's especially up there where the theaters cost. So, no. so I'm, it's just very interesting. And they have a tour. <laughs> it's not even Lion King. So it's, it has a tour and it has its own space. I mean, I think that, I don't know. It is an absolute laugh ride of a show. So I am sure that that's why it is still open. But one of the reasons why I even went and saw it in the first place is because the ticket was affordable. Mm-hmm. 
Like I literally spent 40 bucks to go and see that show in New York on Broadway, maybe three weeks after it opened. (laughs) Could you imagine after Hamilton got really popular, what those tickets must've cost? Well, I know that some of those tickets were like $1,200. Yeah. Um, and Lin-Manuel Miranda talked a little bit about that and like trying to make it accessible because he was getting kind of slammed because he said that he wrote this, you know, for people like him um, to have a space in the theater and for them to be able to see it and for it to be accessible. And they're like, how can you have accessibility and bring these people from your neighborhood and you know, people from your background into this space, like your uh, socioeconomic background, when they wouldn't be able to afford to walk through the door. That doesn't make any sense. He's like, oh, well, we're doing uh, free tickets sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just call into your local radio and hope you get those tickets. Yeah, I, but I don't, I don't know. I do, I do think that is a very interesting thing. But, I mean... Literally, the play that goes wrong was one of the most fun things that I've ever seen. Because oh, it's and nonstop. It cost me forty bucks. Yeah, yeah. I'll never forget that the people that walked us to our seats were were already in the show. Mm-hmm. Like the minute that you walked through the door, which is one of the things I really loved about it, because it's kind of some stuff that we try to, you know, do with our own company. Is that you know you start building the environment the minute that the people get there. Um, like walk through the, the doors into your lobby. But I mean, like somebody was already messing up getting us to our seats and they were like fumbling around. I was like, my God, this must be like their first day. Like this is ridiculous. And they were <laughs> How embarrassing a, for them. Yeah, they were speaking in a British accent and I was like, oh, they must have like gotten one of those like work visa <laughs> work things. You can come over here, work on Broadway or something. <laughs> And then when those shows started, like the, uh, we sat down and they're like continually, like when you sit down at that, at the show, they're still working on the set. Like they're painting. There's like people coming by. They're like trying to nail things. They get like caught out there when they notice the audience. Like, I mean, like horrible, like stupid things, but it never Things that ends. you would be having an absolute aneurysm yeah, over. But you know, I have seen those shows before yeah and yeah. so everything they were doing is like this is like a theater person's dream of a yeah, show. Yeah, yeah it is so funny um which i think is one of the reasons why noises off is also so funny mm-hmm. but um anyway it was just from the second that they that you got in there they built the whole world and it was just so much fun and everybody left laughing like every single person left laughing it was just really cool. So I'm excited for them because I just, I don't know, I just have like some weird feeling like I've got, like I want them to succeed. <laughs> yeah, you see people that are really passionate about it and people that, you know, know theater and they've all been a part of those, like you were talking about sort of those, oh my gosh, I've been a part of the set was still wet when we walked out on opening night well, sort yeah, of situation. Can you imagine like they had this idea, like they're sitting in their room and they were like, hey, what would it be like if we did this on purpose? Mm-hmm. And if this just became our shtick and it took them so far. I mean, they've got two seasons of an Amazon TV show so much so that I'm extremely jealous of the things that they've accomplished. I know it's amazing, but it's like, I don't know how you guys are still doing all of this. Yeah. Where are you getting the ideas? I mean, they definitely do have some tropes that they always throw in there that it's like, okay, yeah, I, I 
I I see you. I, I've seen enough of these now but that I see it coming. But, but it's also like the comfort food thing. Like, okay, I know this is kind of like the, the Laurel and Hardy shtick. It's like mm-hmm. one of you is stupid. One of you is smart. I, yeah. And I love it every time. It's so funny. Um, their Amazon show is hilarious. I know that we've talked about them before, but I don't know. I just, I feel like I can fangirl over them all the time. <laughs> but um, anyway, it, it would be, we've, we've been talking about like scheduling stuff because this was, that was in a massive derail <laughs> Cody Walker. Yes. Um, I just followed. I was like, I, okay, here we are. Like I'm, I'm with it. Uh, so we've been talking about like trying to figure out where the schedule lies and also like whether or not we're going to release all of the shows. And honestly, at first when I th- thought about like, do we release everything? Do we show everybody what the entire season is? Um, or do we not? And initially I was thinking if we don't tell everybody what the season is, then you have a high possibility that then someone else can be like, Hey, we're now doing the show. Mm-hmm. Um, which has kind of happened to us now a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which kind of stinks. Well, but there was a couple of things where it was like, we're throwing this out into the universe. Like, what if we did this show? Yeah. Bam. Up. It was really just Ugh. like two shows. But, Ugh. Um, and I'm kind I'm, I mean, I'm happy for whomever to do whatever show they want to, but it does kind of make you sad when you're like, oh, I really wanted to do my version of this. Mm. And now, like, how long do I have to wait until I can do this again? Um, we set them two weeks apart. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and you know, anyway, but, uh, so I, I do think though that I don't really think that we have to worry about anybody choosing these particular shows. No, 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 no. I don't really know some, like a couple of them. I don't know if anyone in our community even knows they exist. So I'm pretty okay (laughs) with (laughs) waiting. I know that doesn't really do much for people who like to plan. You know, that is one thing about that we have talked about is that a lot of the people in our shows that we want to continue to do theater with us, like perform with us have to make a schedule. Mm -hmm. They got to schedule it out. Well, I mean, I don't know about you, but I get texts quite a, quite often in regards to what are you guys doing next? What's the next thing you're doing? What's nobody ever asked me those things. Oh, well, I feel like mainly people talk to you about things that they want to ask me. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's like, why didn't you, why did you ask Chris? Why didn't you just ask me? That's true. That that does happen quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, not that you wouldn't also know all of this information anyway. It's like, man, am I just not approachable? Like, or is it just that yep. people just, <laughs> or do people just understand like Cody's never going to answer his text messages. So I'm just, I'm just going to message Chris. But you're kind of like me though. There's like, there's just about 12 people in my inner circle that I'll really answer. get the messages. Yeah. I, it takes me forever to answer sometimes, but I get around to it. There, there is, there, there are some that I have forgotten, but also like you, it's just, I get so many messages all the time that I do kind of think that I just I'll like scroll through it and it's just like, if I forget to answer, I'm sorry. There were like 24 other people also text at the same time. Yeah. And well, and it's like, I'm, I'm just not on my phone that much. I try not to be. Yeah. And I think that's one thing, like I get in my car, I'll look at my phone before I start driving. And like whenever I sit down, if I'm not talking to anyone at the house, I will look at my phone. But if I'm talking to somebody, I really try to keep my phone out of my hands. Yes. And it's very, it's very difficult, but I don't know. It's just that whole, like you have to 
instant gratification thing. Like I texted you. Why didn't you text me back? Or like, well, if it was important, you could call me. Well, that's true. And I think for me, the reason I, I definitely always just want to be present with people. Yeah. And that I don't want to have my entire life scroll by because I, I can't literally put down my device. Mm-hmm. So what, scheduling. Are your, what are your, th- <laughs> yeah, scheduling, what are your thoughts about what, if we should release the season as a whole or just like piecemeal it just like hey this is coming up keep hey, them guessing baby up. hey this is coming up <laughs> keep them guessing just you just like you're an instrument of chaos that's all i you. am i love it i don't know why i do know why it's because i love it um but I, I, i'm of two minds about it in it's nice to have people get excited for the next thing that we're doing so they yeah, can kind of like start too, yeah. planning and thinking about like where they might fit into the show or they might think hey might i fit don't into the season yeah and I, but I also kind of like holding the gun close to our chest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, huh. <laughs> it, it is very difficult. It's also like, I don't want to tell people that we're doing something and then it not happen. Ah, that's true. Yeah. So it's kind of like, there are a lot of things that we want to do, but there's also some things that are up in the air as far as like where it will be and the scheduling of it. And so it's like, I don't want to put information out there that I know for a fact is not going to come to be. Yeah. Um, I just stopped myself from saying fruition because I could not remember how to say it because this podcast. That's not the first time. That's what I'm saying. It has ruined me for that word. So many words, actually. The um, I, It was so interesting because it was either yesterday or the day before you had called me and you said, hey, look, this is on the schedule and I just don't know where to put it because... You know, I know you want to direct it, but like I also want to direct it. And I was like, hey, let me stop you right there. I want to see your vision. on." And I was what a weird position to be. in. <laughs> I was so thrown back. I mean, as I was saying it, it to you, I was like, this is probably putting him in an uncomfortable <laughs> like, wait, what are you talking about? Um, Like an uncomfortable space. I wasn't trying to make you uncomfortable by saying that I really no, genuinely no, I super wasn't. That I super wasn't uncomfortable. Well, I, would I thought rather that we were talking about that show that I thought that we were talking about this show because it was something that you genuinely really wanted to direct. And then the more that we were talking about it, it was like, man, I really like want to do this. It's so, like a little earworm. Yeah. Um, like I want to direct it and not be in it. So how do I, <laughs> yeah, how do I, how do I make that happen? <laughs> um, so, but that was kind of funny on the phone when you were like, no, no, <laughs> I, I did not want to. Yeah. It's like, it. I, I like, I have my feelings in place with this particular show, but I want to do it again as a more mature person. And I want to see another vision of it. Yeah. And I'm excited. I'm excited for it. I mean, there are, there are some other things, you know, that I have been looking at and, I just keep thinking about like what the relevancy of it is. It's like, I really wanted to do this one production because you know, like right now in the world, there's this huge attack on books in the library Mm -hmm. and people trying to remove books, um, off the library shelves that have literally anything to do with LGBTQ anything. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so, and there, there of course, you know, other things too. People love to attack libraries. I'm, or you know, books. I'm not sure what that's about. 
Um, but anyway, so there's just, there's a show that is one of these books that they want to take off. And I'm like, man, I really want to do this. And I've wanted to do it for a while, but it just seems so timely because people are wanting to take it off. And I'm like, is this just some sort of defiance in me that it's like, oh, you want to take it off the shelf? So I'm going to put it in front of your face. You know <laughs> what? But, no. you know, it is kind of interesting of thinking, okay, so if we do that, you know, we do this show. Like, have we done enough work that our audience will come along with us on that journey? Or will they abandon, given the community that we're in? And so it's almost like this double-edged sword of thinking, okay, so we will gain some people. We will also, like, stay true to ourselves and producing things that we want people to see and then hopefully, like, change. But at the, you know where we might gain people will definitely lose people. So it's just kind of like, what do you do? But then it's still, that's audience based thinking. Mm -hmm. And as a business person, that's kind of like where my mind has to be. But as an artist, I'm just like in this big struggle with it. <laughs> Back to the first 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think maybe you should, especially when it comes to this particular work, you shouldn't worry about it as much. Yeah, no, I know. And it's definitely not as extreme. It's not like we're doing like Corpus Christi. Where yeah, like but Jesus I think <laughs> his disciples are all gay. It's not like we're doing that yeah. show. That's not what I was talking it's, about. It's more, it's more or less that I think we've built enough cash at this point or enough stock, if you will, that I, I think we can do or we can try some things finally. Where, where when we have our name on something, people will show up. Well, we are, we are definitely trying some things. And hopefully, because we're doing it, people will show up. <laughs> 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 it's just kind of, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. I don't, we'll, we, we will see how it all unfolds. I, I genuinely think that people, that it's going to, like all of that stuff is going to fall into place the way that it should. I just... I just don't want to be rushed to pick a season. I just don't want to be rushed mm -hmm. to pick it and then just be like, okay, well, we're doing the show because we said we were going to do it and let's just barrel through. Like the time is too precious for yeah. me to do that. I mean, every, every year up till up until this year, like we, we've basically had two or three sit down sessions and hash it out. You, me and Lexi. Yeah. And then this year it's kind of been this long tailwind of, Ooh, let's think about this. Ooh, let's think about that. Yeah. Like all the things we, and then want you, to, but it's also because you we know. like 12 scripts to read. I did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just like more things pop into my head and I'm like, Oh, right. I forgot about this. And you know, it's also like the, I really want to do a classical work. Like I would love to produce Chekhov and I would love to do some Shakespeare, but I just don't, think that we're there yet i don't think that we're not there yet with with our community of of actors or with our audience to be able to do that in the way that it would make me happy you know <laughs> that i would feel like oh yeah we did it yeah you know i just don't think that it's i don't think we've arrived yet I no don't i'm not saying that we won't get there but i don't really think that we have an audience base that wants to come watch a three and a half hour checkoff drama no, 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 no. <laughs> Whereas, like, I would be sitting on the front row, like, "Ooh, this is so much fun! We finally do a checkout." <laughs> um, which kind of was, I, I jumped off into 
te- I've, I've been teaching Chekhov lately. Um, everything going up and uh, before the the winter break, and a lot of my students were like, "What is this?" And it is just very interesting when you take classical works like that and you break them down. Even though like Chekhov is written in, you know, or it's adapted and um, put in, you know, like just the way that we speak. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not in it's not poetry. It's not anything like that. It's just very uh, luxurious in its yes. language. Yes. And it is very Russian. And um, so I would have to basically tell them what was going on in the scene before we read it so that they would understand it or tell them what was going on in the scene so that they would care about the relationships to barrel through subtext, the text. subtext, subtext yeah, to like make it through all the text because there's so much of it. But you know, if you do it right, it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Anyway, it's just there, there are like a lot of really exciting things and it's just trying to pinpoint what it is exactly that we should be doing because I do think there is, you know, when the right thing comes along, it's just very obvious Yeah, and it falls into place. And I think that we're, I think we're halfway there. And you know, and knows, as far as I introducing just like my mind and just be like, we're doing it. Yeah. The, as far as introducing the, the classical, you know, thing to audiences, I think we should build a season, whatever season that is around a particular show that I really would love to do with you. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. And that could be like the opener. And then we follow through with. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I think this is a good, I think this is a, I think this has been a really good talk. Um, I have no idea. (laughs) I hope so. I have no idea what I'm going to title this podcast. (laughs) Like the ramblings. You always do. You'll like scroll through 15 minutes in like, okay, okay. (laughs) That's not what I do. (laughs) Tell me you don't do that. (laughs) Most of the time I'm like, oh, I remember saying this. Yeah. (laughs) I remember Chris saying this, um, but I, yeah, okay. Maybe I've done the scroll through a couple of times. Um, anyway, I, I'm just, I'm excited and I don't want people to panic or, you know, I don't really want to receive any more messages saying, you know, don't quit. Don't, don't end this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't stop. Like play on theater is, is still here. It's still yeah. going to continue to produce shows in Alexandria and in Marksville and we're, we're going to be fine. It's just, you know, like anything else you have up, you have highs and you have lows and it's just really, it's just hard. Like trying to find that balance. We're always working, working through it. We're going to, we're going to get there. We're going to, it's going to be fine. It's going to be all right, baby. It's going to be gonna, just fine. We're going to take care and of And I'm you. super stoked for tuna. <laughs> yes. Even though like we sat down and we read it the other day. Um, I read some of it, a lot of it. I still remembered. I'm really happy. Yeah, you. I was like, really proud of you. Pretty impressed that I still remember some of the stuff. I mean, it would be the fourth time for me. Yeah. Um, you, so you have that advantage over it me. Should <laughs> it should be in my 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 brain? What I loved, um, in retrospect, after we had our little read through the other night, was how much of it has changed because we've sat in the characters for two you know, this version and the, the, the sequel to that and how, how much more comfortable we are in this world, or at least for me anyway, 
but seeing us build it now in a very different way and what yeah, we're willing like to try and mess with each other with is yeah. just I'm very excited for what comes next. I mean, it is kind of it is kind of funny. It's like doing a you know you can do a show a million times, but you always see a different joke. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like when we were we were doing tuna the last time. Something I, I don't even remember what it was, but I was like, oh, "There's a missed joke. I missed it." Mm-hmm. And what sucks is I didn't write it down because I knew that we would be doing this again. <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I'm going to miss it again." <laughs> but it'll be what it's going to be. But yeah. I'm really stoked about it. I think it's going to be so much fun. And you know, it's just like a nice little a nice little bump. And it is really great to do something that you know, you and I have, have done and kind of put our own spin on it and created this world that is kind of still like a nod to the, uh, like the Richard and me version, Mm -hmm. but it is so different. Um, the relationship that our characters have, I feel like, um, and I, but I just really love it. I really love it. Like it, it anyway, I just think it's going to be an awesome, awesome time. And it's great to do it because like now there are like tuna fans in yeah. our community that are like, Oh, we're so excited that you're doing this again. Like do this every year. Like, well, let's not do that. Well, let's not do that. <laughs> Let it breathe. <laughs> let's, let's not just like kill it. But you know, it's, it is, it is cool that people, you know, see us and think about that. You know, it's just neat to be able to affect people in that sort of way. Yeah. That whenever they see you, they think of this funny thing that, came out of your mind you know that you were able to execute have you had people come up to you and tell you jokes or things that we had done and you don't remember it um i know that the answer is yes but i could not tell you what any of them are i wasn't recalling a memory i just Um, thought some people come up to me and they're like hey when you did this i was like i sure did yeah i I do not remember most of that stuff what happened i do um (laughs) i do have so many people come up to me and go Oh my God. Like all the time. I mean, we have not stopped saying Christmas dying for two years. For two years. But I get the oh my God a lot. Yeah. A lot. But I mean, it's still very fun. Again, not the character I thought would have stuck with people. Never. Never, ever, ever. Never. <laughs> I'm, I will miss those two. There's some characters from Tuna Christmas that I'll miss that are not in Greater Tuna. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I'll, I'll miss them and I kind of wish that they were there, but, uh, you know, we'll just have to do Tuna Christmas again. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see them again, but I don't think that we'll ever do like what Richard and I did and do greater tuna one day and tuna Christmas for that. I am eternally grateful. I just, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of fun, but I still don't like thinking about it. Like, I don't know how they did like they, so they paid to do two shows. Like, that's what I think in my mind. Like, I'm like, if we did this, I would, then I'm paying for two royalties. You know, I'm like, Oh God, no way in hell. Like, I'm not doing that. No, thank you. Well, I mean, the only way I could see that working in this community, like successfully is if we did, like one month we did greater tuna and then the next month we did like tuna Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Not like back to back. Yeah. I mean, we did like a double feature. We did like, Oh no. Yeah. I, we yeah. Did, no. It was, that was a bet. That was, that was a hard, that was hard. And we would just flip flop <laughs> them. So like we would do greater tuna. Yeah. 
We would do Greater Tuna and then Tuna Christmas, and then the next day we would do Tuna Christmas, and then we would do Greater Tuna. Mm-hmm. We did it almost like Act One, Act Two. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was it was a lot, and you know, like Richard when he was doing that with me, I was in my twenties. He was in his late fifties. I mean, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm I was about to say I'm thirty, and it's like not no, no, thank you. Um, speaking of being exhausted, I think it's time to put this puppy to bed. Yeah, why don't we rest your little voice? Oh my god, <laughs> um, I did that on accident. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, you know what? I'm just going to say goodbye. I'll see you next time. All right. Bye.